start with prayer. I mean, prayer's got to be all over it, I think, just in humility from both sides. They Both sides have to come in with humility. It won't be as fun, but it'll be more productive. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had I've had both those conversations where I've, and of course I've grown rivalrous when I was younger. I was more combative about it, you know, and, and, and things was do the and each side has these little things they can just dab the other dab, hit the other one with like a dagger you know well what about this scripture oh what about this practically with what you think you know you know and it becomes a you know just a hit 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 who's standing at the end um, I always stand at the end because I'm just I can be that stubborn on those <laughs> on those things and sometimes I pretend to be more stubborn than I really am on it just to continue those those conversations but. <laughs> Uh, so it's to, yeah to start him off. It's a um, to truly get somewhere. You need to come in both sides with humility and grace. So Andy, in your experience, have you ever found that like you you even have to like just come to define terms just so that you can like because if like <clears throat> if 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 I if I a a generic Protestant am talking with a Catholic person and I say the word gospel. We are going to mean two drastically different things. They are going to assume I'm talking about one of the books of the that one of the four uh, first books of the New Testament, and I'm going to be talking about the uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 great story that uh, Jesus came to die on the cross to save us and offer us the, the chance to uh, be with Him forever. Um, but uh, <clears throat> any in your experience, are there any like key words that are actually like will will, will touch off? Uh, that that misunderstanding that we have to approach gently. Well, short answer: yes. The I think part of the problem is that, at least in my experience, every word is one of those keywords. <laughs> like, <laughs> nice. So Calvin, Calvinists in general, to pa- paint with an overly broad brush, tend to be better at systematic theology, which is tying all the different things you believe together into one cohesive whole that actually makes sense together. And so with that, you end up with, like, any word you could possibly say is somehow tied into this tapestry of belief. And so if you're just talking about faith or God choosing someone or believing, like, what does the word believe even mean? Or literally anything. You run into this situation where there may be, like, a technical theological definition inside Calvinist circles that they're assuming so I guess, yeah, I, I would definitely say the first thing, well, the second thing, the first thing is definitely both sides have to be humble and have to be there to actually talk because nothing is going to get anywhere if you're just trying to prove the other guy wrong. But yeah, second thing I would say is you have to spend a ridiculous amount of time defining what you mean by terms because a lot of times that's, at least in my case, a lot of times that's where conversations spend almost the entire time. Like, what do you mean by this? Oh, well, I mean this. That's the only thing anybody could possibly mean. Like, no, I mean this, and that's the only thing anybody could possibly mean. And then you both go back to the Bible, and you're like, no, see, my Bible is right. <laughs> and they're like, what if you just interpret that passage to mean this instead? They're like, well, then it wouldn't mean what I'm saying, so obviously it doesn't do that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's like me and my sister go round and round with this. And, and that's one of the careful things we observed uh, a, a little while back, is we have to be careful to not bring our, our need for... Uh, um, uh, uh, for for definition, our need for interpretation uh, to the Bible, and say, I I really, be, dear Bible, I really need you to tell me that I'm right about this thing. So I need this to say this, so that I can be right about this thing over here. Um, Even more than that, I'd say we need to avoid having our need for definition bring it to the Bible. But what you just said, yes, we need to avoid that in the sense of 
sometimes the Bible doesn't directly address our question. Yes. Like, hey, Bible, I really want you to tell me what is an appropriate way to drive on the freeway. Bible does not care. Bible doesn't address that. Like, now that's not to say you can't go into the Bible and learn things about like how the Bible is supposed to shape you that apply to you driving. Yes. But I think a lot of times we have this really, really bad habit of like, well, I need to find a Bible passage that the verse says, and God said to someone, thou shalt drive on the right side of the road and keep it within five miles of the speed limit, maybe 10 if you don't see any cops. And <laughs> like, <laughs> just calm down. <laughs> the only thing it really, yeah, the only thing it really addresses about that is that they were all driving Hondas because they were all in one accord. One yeah. accord, yeah. Good Lord. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. Because well, God drove Adam and Eve out of the garden in a fury. Oh, yeah, all right. There you go. The Old Testament, New Testament, you know. <laughs> okay. Fury, vengeance, accord, nice. grace, right? <laughs> that reminds me of a topic change. <laughs> <laughs> reminds me of a topic change. Actually, I was I was thinking one of the things uh one of the things that I have seen to, that facilitated discussion more readily between and like I it's not been so much between Armenians and uh, and uh, Calvinists but in my experience has been between Protestants and Catholics has been in uh, experiencing one another's uh, worship uh, practices and going in like with as open a mind as possible about these things because you know when you go into a Catholic church like why do you stand up and sit down so much it's like it's the most ADHD experience in the entire world all of the like up down up down kneel up down kneel down and, and like all these things and if you like approach it in like a different way it was like hey what they're doing here is they are they are almost putting on a um, a reproduction of the passion and that's like the centerpiece of their worship service is the sacrifice death and resurrection of Jesus like the 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 homily, they don't even call it a sermon, they call it a homily from the priest, is sort of a side note. It's sort of a, hey, this is like, this is the appetizer before the main course of what we're actually here to do. Now, they, they believe that the, the community, the, the Eucharist, yep. is actually like salvific. They, they, they believe that, you, that actually, it actually saves your soul participating in that. And it's like, well, okay, you, know, you can debate that. But I have found that when people actually go to each other's worship services and they, they understand why they do things, it, it opens up a discussion for, it opens up in discussion a certain empathy for like why people do things the way they do them and why their culture, why their religious culture is what it is. Um, as long as, yeah, as long as you have that part you mentioned about getting some background on why they're doing these strange things. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because I've done it both ways. Like, I've gone to Mass having no preparation for what's going on here. Yeah. And then I've gone to Mass, like, actually understanding what each of these things are there for and what you're trying to say and all that. And I'm like, they were very different experiences. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've brought Catholic people to uh, to a evangelical, essentially, uh, yeah. service. Same way. And, and they, they look at it and kind of go like, this is the most unfocused thing in the entire world. <laughs> it's like you sort of like hang out. You guys need like, some riddling. Things happen. Like why? Come on, like, let's let's make it snappy here, guys. You just like, sit there for the entire. Um, and th- that, or they say like, why are these songs so repetitive? <laughs> I say that. Andy says that too. So <laughs> you're, I'm you're, holding my tongue on this you're, one. <laughs> you're gonna want to be there on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> camera on Andy on Sunday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
So like the, the 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 last question I'll, I'll get into here is just like on the actually on the topic of worship, is um, one of the things that Scripture is silent about is that uh, when Cain's offering failed, um, why did it fail? When when Cain when 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 God did not accept Cain's offering, but He accepted Abel's offering, what was it about Cain's offering that was actually the failure? I think we're still debating all that, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think we figured that one out yet. Yeah, I think uh, I mean to me, it's it's a heart issue that we just don't see. Yeah, you know, it's a heart issue that God sees that that the writers or when they wrote it down, whenever that was, when uh, after hearing it for so long, they they were okay with that. You know, they're okay with not knowing exactly what the, all the answer was, but it failed his heart was wasn't in the right place. Just like in on on worship, talking about worship on Sunday, if you're going through the 12th time of saying the same thing over and over in the song and your your mind goes to this is ridiculous <laughs> can they think of something else to rhyme right here what am i gonna have for lunch you know yeah what's what's for lunch today then why does damien have something stuck in his teeth <laughs> then that offering also is not i think is rejected you know, fortunately we don't no one would kill people for that though not generally <laughs> I'm trying to remember what song we're doing on Sunday. Oh, Waymaker. We're doing Waymaker on Sunday. And it's like we we do the chorus uh, like two times too many, like sometimes. Like if if people aren't into it, it feels like a super long song. And when people are into it, it does not feel like a long song. It, it feels like, okay, we're doing this. You know, there, was, there was one time when, when I'd, I'd gotten that, that same, like, these songs are so repetitive. And so we uh, – we uh, before we started the next worship service, we read out of the psalm, which is uh, uh, "Give thanks to the Lord our <laughs> yes, God and King; yeah. His love endures forever." And every okay. other line is "His love endures forever." I was like, "Come on!" <laughs> and this was a psalm that carried into battle, <laughs> bored the enemy to death. <laughs> so, um, as you uh, just a just like a wrap up question, uh, when you read the book of, of Genesis, and like our our church right now is <clears throat> is currently. Um, uh, halfway through reading the Bible through in two years, well, more than halfway through now, uh, but we've uh, we're, we're we're we just finished up the Book of Job actually. Uh, but when you when you approach the Book of Genesis just as a, like a, a work of literature, uh, what what do you like about it? What do you look for in it? What do you what do you look forward to when you're reading it? It's obviously a science textbook <laughs> that's meant to inform our exact understanding of the creation of the world and how also how water reacts and floods and, and <laughs> I hope everybody can hear everybody's laughing. How did you how did you get the text of our previous things before Damien edited them? This is this is gonna earn us that explicit marker, isn't it? <laughs> we were talking about how some parts of Genesis are not church appropriate. Yeah. Well. And Jonathan suggested we make an explicit episode, which I was like <laughs> Yes, uh, Genesis. I love Genesis. It's a incredible, you know, collection that God ordained, brought through time to be written down and recorded for us even today. And so, uh, uh, of course, I see. I see. Of course, the, the beginnings. I I can see it very scientifically, oddly enough. And I've had conversations with different people on that, and who are astounded that a, someone could see it that way. I also can see it that hey, it's a. It's a very literal thing as well. Um, how God did it all, I don't exactly know. Again, I'm trying to be humble on those those types of issues. But in that aspect, I, I love it. It's, I mean, it's, it brings life to us, I think, knowing that that um, 
God did these things. I mean, if he hadn't recorded it, then we'd still wonder, right? They'd still have questions. Well, how, why, why didn't it start with the beginning? Beginning, you know. Yeah. But he started at the beginning, and so that's doing that. It has its own set of questions that comes along with it. Yeah, we, one of the things we, we would note every now and then is how disastrously silent the, uh, the the narration was on some key information that we really would like to have known, and uh, disastrously vocal on other information that we really could have could have done without. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, there's a whole lot of those. Yeah. Just wait until we get to judges. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just straight no. Do you do you know? You know, I I think I, I think we, we talked about this when we first started. Yeah. was giving the students a chance to pick a book that isn't the book of Revelation and they went straight to judges. Like, did you do you guys have a list of books that like just like make my hair fall out faster? But. I I can't wait to yeah in our own in our own household when we get to talking about Samson you because know, you you know, as a kid you heard one story about Samson that's yeah. about it about one one and a half stories and yeah. then you read all the others like oh my goodness this is yeah. crazy yeah. yeah 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 there is a lot of stuff like maybe at least when I was growing up there's a lot of stuff in the Bible where you're like and these Bible characters were all following God and happy yeah. and doing the right thing and then you read the actual Bible when you're older and you're like. That's not what I'm seeing here. <laughs> What's going? What? The reason, I thought he was the good guy. The reason they were wary about Abraham coming back to Egypt because the last time he almost got them cursed for saying it was, that's my sister. <laughs> <laughs> sister wife? Oh, no. <laughs> and when you find out that Jacob had four wives, but really two, but four, and it's like, what? That's not the Bible story I learned. Wait a second. I would point out that Bach also had... Four wives and also had a lot of children. Did, did you say Bach? Bach, yeah. As in like the the Johann composer? Sebastian Bach, yeah. He had twenty children by four wives, <laughs> or was it five? So, um, <laughs> someone walked past his gravestone one day and they heard bum 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 bum. <laughs> it says, "What's that?" He said, "It's Bach. He's decomposing." <laughs> that's, that's, as, that's as ridiculous as Mozart and his hatred of foul. Chickens. He, he hated chickens. He hated chickens? Yeah. They were always saying, bok, 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 bok. And on that highbrow note, <laughs> wow, <laughs> we're going to close this one out. Ben, thanks so much for joining us in the My costume pleasure, room. guys. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. And no, do I have any air in here? It's like a thousand degrees. It is toasty, it is, and it, it is, is it is not yet summertime. It is going to get oh my toastier, warm in here. So I'll be back in December. <laughs> We're going to be sacrificing for <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is this has been on the Unimposters podcast. I'm oh. Damien. I'm Andy. And that's Ben. And we are so glad to join you here. The next time we will be talking to you, it will be out of the book of Exodus. We are stoked. We're going to be leaving Genesis. We are leaving Genesis behind, and we're leaving Egypt behind, leaving lots of stuff behind. We're exodusing you. That's right. God is delivering us from Genesis. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to you guys next time.